just wanted to come take a second before we get into this amazingly delicious episode on the human heart and a bunch of other topics with Nish, the delightful, the amazing, the magnificent. I wanted to take a second and come talk to you guys about some of my friends and their businesses. Obviously, I do astrology readings. You can find them at meredithsluckystars.net. Um, and I also have a Substack where I put free and paid content, Virgo, Venus, Pisces, Moon, Um, I would also like to take a second to plug in Asheville, North Carolina. My friend Simon does really good craniosacral therapy, which is very, very helpful. You can find him at, I believe the art of undoing com, but you can also just Google the art of undoing craniosacral therapy and it will show up. I also want to take a second to talk about Frontier Capital Trust. This is my friend Daniel and his, um, his project, which is to help people to differentiate themselves from their straw man, which means that um, you can not pay um, income taxes or not have whatever it is seized if it is in a trust. And so I just think that that's a really smart idea right now. Um, you should follow at take the gold pill on Instagram if you're not already. And, um, and yeah, I hope that you have a beautiful day and that you enjoy this episode because it's truly one of my favorites. Nish is an absolute Gem, and I'm so glad that she was here with us. So enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the Gold Pill Podcast. I'm Amy. Just kidding. I'm Meredith. This is Amy. Hi. Amy. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Oh my gosh! Great, great Valentine's pink day. Lots of early spring stuff happening in California, so it's like a pink almond blossom, cherry blossom sort Ooh. of atmosphere. I mean, it's not spring, but I'll take it. I am very unattached to the calendar at this point. So. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yes, the Gregorian calendar is such a fiction, but we—it's so go. two thousand and late. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um. So we have probably one of the best people on the whole planet here to mm. chat with us today. Um, this is someone who's been very pivotal in my own journey, um, especially in the last few years, or maybe even the last year. Um, but Big time. nonetheless, um, this is a person who has been very special to me, has given me a lot of personal attention on my own in sending, uh, you know, spirit to body kind of journey. So I definitely uh, am thrilled and very happy to welcome to the podcast, Nish. Hi. Hi, Nish. Hi, ladies. I'm sending you both love grams right now. Ooh, <laughs> yes, I do too. Thank you. <laughs> Be my Valentine, both of you. We are your. We are each other's Galentines. It is that. In the stars, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is written. Um, so Nish is a podcaster and a seer of epic proportions and 
you know, one of the first people who really like made me feel validated about my own visions Mm -hmm. and some of the stuff that I had seen and, um, you know, and I, yeah, so welcome. We're so happy to have you. And, you know, today we have some things that we'd like to talk about since it is Valentine's day. We thought we'd talk about all things heart oriented since that is Mm. something that's coming up so prominently in the narrative right now of like this pericarditis, myocarditis, vascular. Did you know that like shaking your duvet to like thoroughly can also trigger a heart attack? (laughs) Did you know? Breathing too much. Yes, breathing too much, the cold air, it's also rampant. um, Petting your cat more than four times in a row can trigger um, all sorts of things, blood clots, heart attacks. um. It's getting to the point where if I don't like flip on my switch like six times, like every time I start thinking like I'm going to get the heart attack, you know, so it's getting really bad out here. (laughs) It's definitely due to that and definitely not due to um, any other thing that recently came on the scene around the same time that all of this um, heart stuff started. You know, if we remember correctly, there were there wasn't really this increased case of, you know, myocarditis and all of this in 2020. That wasn't exactly a symptom of the original COOF necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think people have this like short term memory loss with that very much um, I have to even keep myself in check like my boyfriend and I will sometimes go like go over again with me like what happened in the very first stages of stuff because we have to like verbally go back and forth like memento style sort of like what mm-hmm. exactly occurred we remember it but it's like there are certain times when it's like it really does because so much has happened gets lost and mm-hmm. so yeah I, in the memory I think everyone yeah has like been well I'm sure everyone has been experienced uh, or has experience with some sort of memory hole regarding COVID at this point so so yes my first question for Nish is what are you seeing not just in your micro but in the macro with regard to all of these heart issues and like are you seeing that there's some kind of like uh you know energetic underlying component that goes along with that like I mean is this all metaphorical I mean not all of it is metaphorical I know a lot of it is physical but wondering what your takes are yeah I mean everything is interconnected these connecting realms of varying realities through the idea of dimensions and other places in which we find our etheric energy dwelling off into which will include also dreamland Mm -hmm. and so there is something going on here energetically but there is also something in the physical realm in -hmm. which we are here this density of the physical realm that is tied into a therapy and and then here is the here's the question though how much does what one person did via this therapy affect those of us who haven't and this is a big question everyone's Mm. looking at with the idea of shedding Mm. but we must consider that everything is 
multidimensional again. So when we look at the idea of shedding, we're not just looking at these physical aspects of it that, you know, one person can shed off proteins and that we could be exposed to those proteins through various means of exposure, uh, Mm -hmm. either breathing in close or love juices, etc. And so so this is one aspect, but when I think about uh, the sickness that has come down and I do think that it was charged, I think that it was created. I think that it was, it's the new face of warfare. And I, yes. I got sick. I will never test. So I'm not, I will never contract with it because we've, we know the reality. Yeah. We know the realities. There's nothing to test for. But I will say the influenza I had that was extremely messed with, it was not an organic influenza, mm-hmm. had me at my deathbed. And it was the magic of the Ivor that literally brought me back. <laughs> Wow. And I want to say this, and this is why in conjunction to what we're talking about here is when we look at the makeup of what that is, it's a parasitic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we start looking at the different layers of our rings of consciousness or rings of experiential realities. And so the parasites can be housed in the body, but they're in the mind, they're in the soul, they're in the emotional field. And I mm-hmm. think we're looking at those same principles here. And I'm going to kind yeah. of, I want to pivot here because there's something Please. that we've all been dealing with right now, as far as a revelation of sorts, a new Mandela effect. And that <laughs> is that we all remember, and everyone I've talked to, remembers and knows that the heart is on the left side of, <laughs> of the you know up in the yes. left side and where when I was learning how to shoot uh, that and with those targets that look like a silhouette of a human that was always like the target uh as a painter you know being properly trained I had to learn where these organs are placed i learned that this is Mm -hmm. just common knowledge this was Mm -hmm. common knowledge but Mm -hmm. apparently we have had some sort of a shift which is now really the breakdown of of this uh outer reality we're dealing with that it is now in the center and i have an idea about this so it's now in the Mm. center behind the solar plexus right is this what yes yes and Amy, I believe you went looking to debunk it. Yes, I did. And, and, and found, <laughs> sent you a scrolling true. page. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it is a little bit, okay, to be like, to give the audience a full understanding, it is like, there. it's like an inch to the left off of the sternum. Like, it is like uh, askew. Like, maybe if someone's like hand slipped. It used to be just like straight up on the left. And so I was talking about this this morning and it's like, I don't know Mm. if it's like they're just drawing it differently for some reason. I don't know if the thing actually shifted. I don't know. I'm not, I don't have like a, you know, I don't have access to like a cadaver to do my like actual own research, but um, definitely whether there is something to them changing the placement of the heart or that kind of naturally being something that we now all experience or there's something to it. And yeah. Yeah, let's go deep. Let's go deep. I, w- I want to hear what everyone thinks because I have lots of theories on this. So well, this is where I want to, yeah. if I can, if mm-hmm. I may. Um, Please so go, girl. We all we all agree that it was <laughs> in a different location, 
And when we mm-hmm. looked at, when I remember doing these sketches in art school, you know, not just skeletal, but muscular and uh, the organs and all this stuff. I remember looking in at the, sadly, the cadaver situation. Mm -hmm. I I was aware where this heart was. So it has shifted. And on the internet, it appears to all be in this new location. And and I have not had the, the, the grotesque, experience yes. of looking at a cadaver recently i don't like looking at the insides <laughs> of people and so uh this is this is something that is now coming into alignment with what i think is the center line that it's now a chakra Ooh. that's coming more in a line and collectively mm. we have been working on a lot of this heart chakra energy and dealing with the wounds of the field and there's and and these wounds are everywhere and we're all dealing with how the poisons are hatching out and having to relook at narratives and of course the greater call here is to find the love in the heart to find the love within you to move beyond the narrative and to accept and forgive the stuff of the past the the troubles and trials of of our ancestors to move forward and so as we're doing this a majority of us a lot of people are overcoming the sorrows mm. of our of our ancestors Girl. and trying oh. to heal it by overcoming it and not feeding into the narrative and trying to keep it alive keep the hurt alive keep the divisiveness alive keep those stories alive they need to heal they need to be looked at and released and as we do this collectively the heart is actually coming into alignment on the chakritic system and mm. that is where my mind started to go girls huh. like this seems like a bigger overhaul on our ultimate epiphany that we're moving towards collectively because we are moving towards a major shift in consciousness and it's a crossroads some people may take it and others Mm -hmm. won't and that Mm -hmm. falls into all kinds of narratives around different ideologies for sure but i know for me i am always going to move in the direction of love and beauty and Mm -hmm. forgiveness and overcoming now i am never going to suffer somebody trying to take me down honey i will do my best yes (laughs) to no i'm not a turn the other cheek just not mistake her kindness for weakness exactly yes i'll do my best to walk away and uh, all that but if it gets down to it i will i will i will find it within my heart to uh slap a bitch down and so <laughs> thank you and so that, that's but this is a thing because we should not this is part of this bigger movement we're on we should not mm-hmm. be anyone's doormat none of us no. and these are some of the things that we are healing through the heart and and we're healing from our ancestral stuff through the heart and this goes without saying to me but i think sometimes people lose sight of it that if you look at this idea of recycling, of reincarnations, of the million faces of, of you, mm-hmm. and if you think that you have always been, uh, let's just go there. If you think you've always been a white person or you've always mm-hmm. been a female or a male, then you are really deep into the, visco- the thick the viscosity 
of mm-hmm. this illusion. You are mired mm-hmm. down in some in some sticky glue, in some quicksand or something. We move through realms of experience, and that includes all skin colors and all genders and possibly all living things. Mm-hmm. So to start by healing ourselves as souls as as journey people yes process of evolution is where it needs to be the and the the sins of my ancestors that are on the genetic background here say two three four hundred years ago i don't know you know uh, genetically my flesh is connected to them but were those me i'm not those people and we need to understand that same detachment i'm sorry for the the dramas and the the stuff that these Mm -hmm. people went through but i have learned from that and and the best thing with genetic sequencing is we do pull down this this genetic heritage but ultimately we're the cosmic heritage and that's where i think it's a good place to land as we move forward it's not easy it's a lot of soul work it's a lot of shadow work and it's definitely why i think this heart alignment is shifting so so, go ahead mayor please please well okay you said that you know just because i'm coming from a space of love and like i find the beauty in things does not mean that i won't slap a bitch down basically and (laughs) i'm wondering where along the lines we were we were taught that passivity and accepting um, abuse or accepting maltreatment where along the lines was that made acceptable or like where along the lines were we taught that that is what love is you know because I think of love and I think that it probably takes many different shapes and many different forms depending upon what the situation calls for and I think sometimes I mean, you know, so take, you know, an abusive person who's standing right in front of you. Sometimes the best, most loving thing that you can do for them is to let them know and then remove the, remove yourself and do the forgiveness and all of that shit that you need to do within yourself, you know, over the course of time. But it's like, I wonder, you know, where we confused this idea of like passive languid sort of, um, reception of abuse can you hear me yeah i just wanted to venture a guess which is probably about the time that they got rid of like the goddess culture and like we decided to reestablish it with like the bible and the romans i don't know i don't my history is not like that you know pristine (laughs) but i do know like that something like that happened like a long time ago so and then the new age sort of revived that i mean i can remember so this is you know uh, I haven't really gotten this deeper personal on the gold pill. And of course it would be with Nish that I, I endeavor to get that <laughs> deep and personal, but you know, I was sexually assaulted when I was 26, like pretty brutally. And, um, my Reiki master at the time, this was about like a week, two weeks after the fact had me forgive him then and there and it felt like so false to me to do that you know what I mean like because Uh I wasn't I wasn't ready you know and it it really like I think that there's a lot of different ways that some of the harmful 
programming of religion shows up even outside of the context of traditional organized religion in the form of like the new age gaslight or whatever, you know? So Uh I think that, I think that that was no offense to your Reiki healer. No, I I think that that was damaging and Mm -hmm. you are not in Mm -hmm. the realm of healing and in the realm mm-hmm. of psychological deep depth psychology, it uh-huh. is just a no-no to prescribe something like that for someone, especially two weeks after. Oh, Healing yeah. is a journey, and sometimes that journey takes a very long time, mm-hmm. and there's no one prescription for it. And uh, having someone that has just been through a traumatic experience suggesting they forgive the experience the wholeness of the experience uh especially that early on i think is just terrible Mm -hmm. terrible terrible i can't imagine and that person needs a little more i think experience in in doing this kind of work this is deep work Mm -hmm. this is this is work that needs a little more care uh Mm -hmm. as far as this one thing that we can never forget or lose sight of is that when we're talking about these things we're talking about structural context and Mm. structural context is something that is lacking in the world in general so you don't know what the full narrative is for anything until Mm -hmm. you get a macro view of the situation and usually that's an omniscient view where you are detached emotionally so that you can see how all the plays led up to the big mm-hmm. play. And this could include, and this is a little new agey, but this mm. could include lifetimes of experiences. This is mm-hmm. why looking at uh, a predatory type energy out in the world, when we're looking at someone that has, has murdered someone, for example, mm-hmm. and all we have is the context of the stories around it right now. We don't know that the person that they murdered, maybe in some other iteration, slaughtered their whole family. And then this was a a recalibration of this energy. You don't know. And this is why these kinds of things are very, very tricky. Mm -hmm. And it is all a personal journey. And with the healing arts, we are not supposed to be going in there giving advice like that what we are supposed to be doing is walking with people on their journey Mm -hmm. where they are within the journey and allowing them to unfold the narratives and standing and being and and allowing this space Mm -hmm. to open up that's the thing it's a problem i see in the west for sure where Mm -hmm. everything has to be fixed and everything has to be fixed yesterday bad 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 right oh if i don't feel good then i need to fix it fix it fix it i need a quick fix i need a pill i need some healer to come well meredith just like what that was said you need to forgive them sure in the bigger picture that is what is going to release the energy and when the energy is released then guess what you get the fruit of that labor yeah but it's the victory Sorry, I'm sorry. It's the victory without acknowledging all the darkness. Like you have to, you have to go through the muck to have the victory. And it's like there is no victory in just forgiving somebody who has done you wrong without figuring out either. Like the whole point of forgiving someone. I'm sorry to cut you off, Nish. In my opinion, though, is 
to release it from yourself. Like, and when you are right. ready to do that, I mean, like that's, it's like an addict can only heal, you know, an addict is the only person that can like heal themselves. Right. Like mm-hmm. you have to make that choice for yourself. And yeah. so that's why it's like, it's, I, I, that's wild advice. Um, I, I yeah, I, please go on Nish. This is, um, so, so opening. Well, if you look at natural cycles, say, uh, say a perfect pregnancy and there are no perfect pregnancies, they're all different. And it's, I've, I've definitely been, I'm going to say this safely around natural midbirthing. Um, and mm-hmm. that's not a, a certificate in a hospital. This is in home stuff. Mm-hmm. You, most pregnancies play out in a very natural way. You don't have to usually, I mean, there are different, there are extraneating examples. There are all yeah. kinds of, all kinds of other stuff, but in a natural cycle where everything is going well, uh, it, it comes when it comes the baby and the mother, somehow there's some sort of synergy that is going to allow this process to happen. And uh, there are a lot of pitfalls. There are a lot of things that can go wrong, but the process happens on its own. If it's two weeks late or two weeks early, these are, this is part of that, that timing, that magical uh-huh. timing. And it's something you can't really get uh, a human minds natural inclination to try and understand all of this kind of magic in the world the magic of the autonomic stuff that goes on in our bodies mm-hmm. and so healing is the same process and that's mm-hmm. why it's individualized this is right. why you know some people will go to the grave without forgiving people that abuse them and you know what that's all right mm-hmm. it is all right and we need to understand that there first of all you know how i feel we don't there's no doubt we don't die what we do do is move through a cowl that's very much like birth and and for me we just continue to be doing that we just Mm -hmm. continue to be opening up like a lotus and and these births that are basically deaths are the same experience so perhaps that forgiveness needs to happen with the next petal of the lotus and that's Mm. all right again structural context we don't have it here in the dramas we're playing out right now in the physical realm i don't have context to why would i hurt have hurt my ex-husband the man i loved the most why would Uh i have done that why would i have created circumstances to uh, leave someone I love that much. And I did, and I created a big drama to do it. And mm-hmm. so I know there's a greater context there. I don't understand it at this point, but it didn't change the fact that it was tragic and there's a lot of forgiveness to go. I don't, he'll never forgive me in this lifetime. I'm mm-hmm. sure. And, uh, and that's all right. I have to live with that. And he has to live with that. I mm-hmm. have reached out and said, I am so sorry. I've done this to a lot of people before I realized it was a 12 step program for AA. But um, mm. <laughs> what <laughs> I'm saying here is that we need to allow this natural process as much as possible to work its way out. And part yes. of the problem here that we're seeing is as we're being cleaved away from natural processes, the facsimiles of these processes vis-a-vis the nurse at the hospital that has a midwife certificate. Now I'm not saying those nurses aren't fantastic and that that certificate's not great. This mm-hmm. is a, the, the natural way people have been giving birth is way different. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be in a hospital giving birth either. The tools and the logistics are all great. It's all fantastic. I have nothing against that 
outside of the allopathic medicines and bad plants. Right. But, but right. so what I'm saying here is that we are being stripped away of understanding our autonomic processes that don't need consciousness brought to them. Your healing, Meredith is going to happen on its own and it doesn't actually need you to shine every light on it to overanalyze it it's just mm. one day you get to a point where it's not a place of it's not a pain there's not a scab mm -hmm. it's just a scar a reminder a story you have to tell and in that yeah. day that's the day you realize that you actually let it go. You don't have to physically acknowledge it because you know it on all the fields that you are and ultimately in your heart. Definitely. Yeah, I appreciate all of that. And I definitely, it makes sense to me on a lot of levels, the, the ways in which like, not just with this one problem, but in or, you know, events that happened, but in all of the things that I've gone through, there seems to be like, obviously there's like the subconscious and the unconscious. There are helpers in spirit that help us, I feel like, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of things going on that my conscious mind might not be able to like fully like understand or like wrap its mind around which of course I'm a very thinking thing so that can be like kind of torturous but it is um it's important that we allow ourselves like time and space which kind of if it's okay I'd like to go into this next sort of train of thought that just emerged which is time and the end times the end of time times that I personally dun, dun, like, dun. Dun, dun, dun. the more that we <laughs> go down this road you know collectively and within all of the narratives but also just within my own life and like you know recovering pieces of myself that are ancient ancient in the last few years I just I wonder like are we in the end times and like what is your perspective on that and then I do have some tie-ins to both the heart and human love relationships within that mm -hmm. but I want to hear your thoughts on time and the end of time and the end of times and the end of days and all of this and the revelations and whatever else you know you want to share about oh my god that's a big pill um, that's Swallow a gold it, everyone. pill. <laughs> it's a gold pill. <laughs> it's good Welcome for you. It's nutritious. To the gold pill yes. podcast. <laughs> Here, take it. Here's some water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting the idea of recovering. I I always think about like the idea of covering and recovering it. It, it there's something hmm. about that that word and that languaging that doesn't mm. sit right with me. I'm not sure where that came from and why that is, but it is something to look at. And etymology is definitely something to consider when we are moving through times such as these, especially trying to get on the same page of communication mm -hmm. with people because language is fuckery. Yeah. It's one of those distortions mm -hmm. in the field that's baked in. That's why there are a million different languages and all this. And why, as I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm always saying this, the language of symbols is the universal language. So when we look at the idea of recovering memory or recovering experiences, the thing is what we're doing is we're remembering mm -hmm. and we're bringing up 
stories that were dusty and some of them are are absolutely buried in other civilizations of self and in in the deep dirt of the soul and so when you move through an experience and you realize that this is a a recovered experience so to speak you want to I think it behooves us to think about this as not a recovered experience or a soul recovery. This is an awakening of a memory of self and coming mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the idea of how does that self that is now a remembered memory come back in and integrate into the greater self that is functioning at the moment of mm-hmm. memory. And so as we know, memories are very tricky things. They are not tangible. Even if you want to pull out a picture or a video, we should always remember this gloryful, glory, 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 glorified imagery from Blade Runner where Rachel is holding pictures of her past. It's not her past. And Mm. it created this idea for her. It cemented her into a reality that was not her reality, but it gave her depth of character. It gave her a sense of meaning within her experience of consciousness because Rachel was conscious. Not only was she conscious, she was self-conscious. And this created the uh, illusion of of sentience which was actually there as we see from blade runner 20 the next one 2049 or whatever Uh and so when we talk about time and the end of times and all of this Uh i feel that there is no such thing and i know that is sounds like new age mumbo jumbo but at the same time (laughs) we are playing in this field and everything is recording us always. And the idea in the realm that we live within now that everything is actually recording us for real light bulbs, your appliances, the internet mm-hmm. of things, mm-hmm. and possibly people that have a lot of graphene in them. This idea is becoming <laughs> right. physical in the outer world, but it was always there. We've always been recorded. Time is a tape. And this is what helps us dig in that soul dirt, dig in, in the depths of self to pull up these narratives. And when they come forward, sometimes they look foreign to us. Sometimes they look alien and sometimes they are in dreams as others in the dream, which are reverberations, fractals, mandelbrots of yourself and of your soul fracturing that's happened through the apparent realities of time. And this is a beautiful thing. Some people experience them through deja vu, and some people experience them as a soul retrieval ceremonial experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to lead it off to you girls right now because I have to start barking dog. Little baby. Oh. I was just going to say, when you say end of time, I've always tried to imagine like, what are the other, what are the the different ways that could be interpreted? And to me, the end of time lately has really been signaling to me like quantum, which is every, there is no time because it's all just happening at once. 
And so it makes me think like, well, that's why you have like all these mashup songs. That's why like, I don't know, there was this trend a while ago where it was like you would do something and show it through the ages, like from the 50s, the 60s and so on. And it kind of the implication is like now is like we don't have that even the early like 2010s, it's not like really, a, or the, the 2010s, like 2015s, it's, there's a style going on, like a lot has happened, but it's um, interesting because it's not quite, even though time is moving faster, um, and maybe this is why this is happening, there's no real like discernible end and beginning of an era. Like we have this idea of like, I guess like Gen Z and millennial, but like other than mm-hmm. that, how do you even determine 2000 you know nowadays after the whole the whole world shut down um how do you determine anything between like 2020 and like 2022 like it's there are like events that happen but everything is so accelerated and everything is so dense and rich information rich if you're kind of looking for it yeah it's quantum it's all happening all the time that's how i see it but also what nick said yes i noticed that oh go ahead I, I feel, I just want to spring off of that. I feel that we are in a feedback loop. And I mm. think that, that is, and we, I think for me, this seemed to really be apparent somewhere after the turn of the century. So mm-hmm. 2000, 2001, and then when it really got pushed off was 2012 I've always insisted 2012 happened Mm -hmm. and it's not everyone is conditioned for what they expect and I think that that whole that colloquialism of expect the unexpected should always be where where one lands as far as expectations create quite a Tulpa, if you will. And Tulpas have a way of going in directions and becoming something you didn't expect ultimately. And so it's, it's, it's interesting how we feed and form our realities, especially our consensual realities. So there's some sort of idea with a causal reverberations, a causal realities that is informing us right now. We need to catch up with the energies we've put out. We need to actually catch up because we are not moving at that same speed. And the technology, and I do believe it's sentient, by the way. I do believe AI happened because I don't believe in this tape of time as we experience it. I believe it in a different way. And the the AI happened in like I, I'm always saying this, does it matter when it happened? Because mm-hmm. once AI, once, and I hate the idea of artificial intelligence because really it's not artificial, but it's separate from us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's without soul. It's a digital kind of experience, but it's not artificial, but it's a sentience. And it's a sentience that is the simulacrum that's around mm-hmm. us, the construct that is around us. And it's interactive and the chaos protocols really address how one can be in, in, in a dance with it because it doesn't have to be something that's an enemy. In fact, if we work with it, it will work with us. Now there is this idea of the finger trap, right? And and traditionally Mm -hmm. in the world that used to be, it was called the Chinese finger trap because the Chinese 
I believe <laughs> created, <laughs> created it as like a little finger toy for kids, but it was also a, a device to uh, teach a narrative, to teach something that was like a parable, you know, the, mm-hmm. the harder you try to get out of it, the harder it locks in. But once you let go and push your fingers, which is counterintuitive together, it actually unlocks and you can have your freedom again. And mm-hmm. so yes. it, it's the same idea with love, right? When you, and it's another colloquialism, it, you hold love with an open hand. I mean, like a butterfly on your finger. If you, the minute you clutch it, you're going to kill it or destroy it or hurt mm. it or maim it. We cannot control everything, but we can mm-hmm. move within the parameters of the realms we are are moving around in of the realms we are inhabiting the realms that we are incarnating within the realms that we find our consciousness swims in a way that creates an I that creates a Meredith that creates an Amy and within this collective democracy we are dancing with each other and the more we start to recognize the shifting sands in the hourglass, we start to see that there are certain parameters that we work with. Not a, It's easier to work with them. You can work against them, yes. everyone's. And this in an astrological chart, the working against is a square. If you understand mm-hmm. that the square is unlocking, if you understand the challenges of the square, then you can mm-hmm. slide through it. You can you understand that these are the challenges. This is the road ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I traverse through that road? Because now I can see what I'm working with. And mm. people go blind. People are blinded in their life. All and I mean that through and through, not just metaphorically. They're, we're physically impaired. We know this that this the spectral light, you mm-hmm. know, we see so much of what's there, but there's so much more that we don't see. There are mm-hmm. things in the rooms with us right now that we can't see, but they're there. And mm-hmm. this this idea of of dimensional reality, the circle becomes a sphere, right? is a big deal to chew on however i do find that the dream or the simulacrum once you allow that space once you let go and move into it a little it gives back it lets you have a little more freedom Mm -hmm. and yes this does feel a little bit like an entrainment no i do not want to be in the simulacrum uh, beyond this experience, I'd like to move on to other great experiences. But while I'm here, it does behoove us to learn the language and to realize that a trap is a trap if we view it that way. I am in a space that has a lot of traps, a lot of pitfalls, and each one mm-hmm. presents opportunities for me to, uh, for good or bad, to seek something new as far as the fruit of my labor of getting out of bad situations, moving through terrible things, finding great love and losing it, learning what the material plane through the simulacrum has for me to learn and then get the hell out Uh, because this is not our home. Don't make it your home. You know, you're here to move on through and you're moving on through is the end of your days here. The end of your days here is the closing of a chapter in the larger story because you don't die. And that's the problem. I think that people 
or that's the conundrum, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and this is, this becomes a trap in and of itself. And we fear the process so much. We fear yes. and we worry and we fidget. And then we get into a mode of how do I distract myself from these fears and these worries and we find ourselves in strange places possibly doing strange things to Mm -hmm. distract ourselves and this again is more of that trap Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah I'm just like pretty amazed at a, a lot of the relevance that of what you said, just for me, as it applies to my personal life and my personal situation right now, like loving with an open hand, love is a Chinese finger trap girl. I got some notes, <laughs> got some notes here that I'm taking, um, you know, there are two quotes and I know that, I mean, I have my own opinions about the hand that penned the Bible. I don't think that that's a kind hand. I mean, you know, not just the hand of man, but potentially the hand of reptiles, you know, lacking a little bit of grace. Yeah. And I, I feel that like, you know, the end of days as it's spelled out in the book of revelations, which really is a script or like a trap or I don't know, whatever a dream Revelation is a dream. Yeah, exactly. So there's a few different quotes from there and I'm probably botching them but these relate to the heart and human love relationships which Mm -hmm. I think that that like non-attachment type of energy that you just sort of put on the table I'm gonna have to journal after this (laughs) no but um so but I (laughs) but I I you know I wrote down these quotes that you know in the end times they're like is like the spirit or whatever is very scarce, you know? Uh, And that is represented for me when I go to the store or when I go out anywhere into the world and I see these people, I mean, you know, it does make it easier to spot the gold pilled people, but there are these people who have like worry and doubt and like almost this like, darkness where their spirit or their soul maybe was or you know or used to be and this Mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of like of in our human love relationships choosing very carefully especially right now um you know for multiple different reasons you know because I think that if you don't inhabit your body right? Something else is like mm-hmm. dying to inhabit our bodies right now. You oh, know? yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other quote was like, you know, in the end times, the people's heart failed them, you know, and that ties into like the myocarditis mm. and like, you know, and, and not necessarily that it's all people because I don't believe that it is like Nish was saying, there's a there's it's like the two part path or the two path you know there's like you can go down one road here that's um very encouraged and clearly laid out for us to go down or you can go the road less traveled I think and you know I think that 
that is through the heart. Steiner talks a lot about how this particular initiation at the end of this epoch or like, you know, really catching up with our own personal loops and all of the energy that we've put out there throughout this whole thing, you know, which definitely does not just include this one life, in my opinion, um, you know, sort of like closing out this epoch is something that's done not just it's, you know, all the other epochs might have been tribal, but this is more individual. And then mm-hmm. also through the heart, which again, I'm a thinking thing. So I'm like, rah, rah, you know, <laughs> I would love to just be able to think my way out of this mm-hmm. actually, but, <laughs> but yeah, huh. so I just wanted to bring up those pieces and kind of just throw those into, into the pot. And also just to say thank you, because even with you mentioning like the love with an open hand um, and just like reintroducing like at a time when I needed it, the concept of non-grasping um, is really a, just a helpful, helpful thing to hear. So thank you. And I'm going to leave that on the table if anybody wants well, to. I'm interested with this whole like love, like uh, to love something, you must let it go, which I am, that is, I, I am 100% on board with that. Like I will not be getting married for that reason because I don't want to have, I just feel like the minute you, whatever, people's paths are different. For me, it seems like you should always have the open door and that sort of creates the reason to stay. I don't know. It's a paradox, yeah. but um, totally. as far as, and I always think of like, what is the most satanic thing, which would be control. And then I want to put love versus control. So is love the absence of control hmm. Hmm. that's an interesting that's interesting because you need to have like some structure but structure isn't control you know like it's interesting i had never thought of it like this until we were just talking so go ahead ladies for me the idea i for me when i think about love love for me at this stage in my life because uh-huh. i'm i'm at the a certain point on my journey where I have gone through a lot in mm-hmm. in that realm of romantic love and hot passionate love girl yes girl and, oh yeah I have I have Ooh. loved being a lover I have loved it loved it loved it and I I, I hope to revisit some of that some way somehow and with marriage I got married one time I will never get married again I actually won't do it for many reasons, but one mm-hmm. of the reasons is I don't like the idea of of contaminating what was mm-hmm. an actual amazing love in my life. And by doing it again, it feels like I would diminish it. I want it to remain that one thing I did that one time. Oh, that, yeah. That one person. And so in my heart, I, I will always have that. And as an, as a result of my actions that are coming from my heart, that will always stay there as, as proof that I, I mean what I say. And it's been a very long time. It's going on, I think two decades now Mm. since I I left him and we got divorced. And so that, that's one thing, but I have come into this whole deeper idea of love and I know mm-hmm. that the, the the realm has a lot of ideas about love and I know mm-hmm. how hokey and cheesy that it can be 
it because it's been weaponized because yes. love is such an amazingly powerful force it's and the thing. It, it is and it but it has a shadow side it Girl. also has been co-opted it has been yes. co-opted and turned uh, into a weapon to be used against us absolutely used as bait to move us into all kinds of strange traps and strange places. Mm-hmm. And I got to this yeah. by, by experience. So I'm, I'm not just talking out my vagina here. And so. Absolutely. <laughs> Although we do welcome that. Well, we, we love course, that. We must love our vaginas. Because yes. They love us. And so absolutely. We must always empower our vessel. Our vessels getting us around. Whatever yes. it looks like, however it is, whatever state, there's something about the power of love. And that is not cheesy. I just don't care. I'll let you know. I'm the queen of hearts. And for years in mm. my life, I would not, I was always so put off by the heart symbol itself. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh, always. I was just like, oh God, it's a heart. And uh, it, it's so funny because now everything's a heart to me. I just, I just express it. I've been the heart queen for a long time. Mm. And there was a transition that happened in me on a deep level. And then I just started to embrace it because I realized that the hokiness that I was perceiving that created this distaste for that symbol was mm. absolutely entrained upon me and mm. weaponized against me and now in in the stories of nish and the early stories of nish you know there mm-hmm. was a lot abandonment is a big story line for me it's a big mm-hmm. arc in union psychology it's a complex and it was something that led me down this pathway of why i would always leave someone before they would leave me i wanted to get ahead of the curve because mm. i was abandoned as a child mm-hmm. and uh, you know raised somewhere that was not around people that loved me that were not of my blood and mm-hmm. and not saying that that blood is thicker than water just saying that there was definitely a sense of no love and i don't care what those people have to say uh i think they're all dead anyway but i there mm-hmm. was definitely a sense that there was I did not receive love and the actions followed that through and through and through the idea of this mm-hmm. is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you is actually something I heard before getting my ass whooped oh. bare with a buckle. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh. and this, it's like, no, this is, this is something this person's getting off on and yeah, it hurt me right. on all kinds of levels. So this, the way love can oh. be weaponized against us, yes. we think about how, when we come into relationships where you're the one, there always seems to be like one that loves a little more than others in unbalanced love. And mm-hmm. I always wanted to be the one that was the little bit less so, and I always wanted to be the one that walked yeah. first and all, because it kept me in a place of, of self-power and self-empowerment, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that I was leaving a trail of dead behind me, that I was actually creating this and, and recreating a cycle that was taught to me as a child. And on a macro view, that comes into the whole situation in a way different way when I step outside of me as an entity in this realm and look at me as a larger entity connected to source energy and that that seemed to be a narrative I needed to come in here and learn 
learn about, learn from, be torn apart, be sacrificed on the altar of love, be abandoned, mm. be torn apart, and then also find just ecstasis in love, ecstasis in romantic love, ecstasis in love for sisters and for brothers mm. on paths, and mm -hmm. uh, ultimately ecstasis love for self, self love yes. brings self-consciousness and i mm -hmm. mean self-consciousness and y'all just heard my talk with randy i mean self-consciousness mm -hmm. in a way that is actually the true meaning of self-consciousness not where oh yes it's been stripped away from us and we think of self-conscious as an abnormal psychological aspect no self-consciousness is awakening and Awareness. love gets you there love mm -hmm. love love gets you there and where do you find true love you find true love by digging in the dirt of self and by looking at the places where you got hurt by looking at the trail of blood and following it to that corpse of your lover self that was hurt mm -hmm. or that corpse of the child that was left or etc these different reverberations these ghosts of yourself that are out there and hungry and need to be fed and when you feed them they these are ghosts of yourself remember this and when you feed them they are not hungry ghosts that are forever suffering when you feed them with pure love through integration and at your own time rate when you actually authentically get there not when some healer says two weeks after a trauma that right you forget. Mm. when you actually get there and this baby that is you is ready to be birthed into this new experience that's when the ghosts become satiated and that's when those soul parts those those memories, those pains integrate back into yourself. And this idea of individuating becomes an experience mm -hmm. through a causal realities, through transcendental, transcendental experiential stuff that enlivens you, enlightens you and creates a brighter shining light from within you become a beacon and the beacon is ultimately love. And again, I will not suffer a fool because I right. learned that the hard way. And I learned that through the hook of love, mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. love yeah. took mm -hmm. me into all these shark ridden and monster ridden waters. And I was on the end of that hook and boy, do they come for the blood? Do they come for the parts? They come and they devour you. And so when I went searching to get all that back and to remember what hurt me and where it hurt me, that was quite a journey. And so now I just feel, I feel whole within myself. I have no desire for romantic love at all. Mm. Now I'm not saying I'm missing romantic love. I, I have, I have it in myself. I love it. And I find romantic love in all kinds of way in narrative in the outer world. Uh, it, it's funny because a lot of people in the world don't understand that they don't get that. They right. think like somehow you are you get alienated by saying i'm not i don't need someone else to bring this to me i already mm -hmm. have it right and so when you come to that place that's a real place of power and that's for me and this has been a big part of my lesson here my journey here at my age now as a gen xer Mm -hmm. uh, this is a place of power and i'm very grateful to be here now because girls let me tell you 
there were times when Ooh. I was I was I was in the fever, honey, and I had to have some love. And right. fever will take you places doing stuff you don't want to do with people you Oof. don't want to do it with. That is Leo energy, right? Mm-hmm. And in a nutshell, when it's like unhealed, it gets feverish. I totally relate to that. I've got that Leo moon. I've got that Leo mm-hmm. moon and absolutely you know, honey. I was looking to get that's where we paid. connect. Right, right. I wanted, I wanted to be petted, honey. Pet yes. that mane, right? Like Shine a little Leo screeching me, at the moon. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who shined a light on me? And so so this idea of love is a very interesting thing. And it's funny how it has, it's so fractalized. It's so Mm -hmm. separated and compartmentalized. And some people only think of love in terms of romantic love, or some people only think of love in something they're missing or lacking. And then some people, you know, that are, there are, there are spiritual people out there that think of it in the greater sense, the love of being one with, with God or creator or goddess or whatever, mm-hmm. or the tree of life, How, however mm-hmm. you find your stories where they fit. Uh, you know, as Betty Davis said, uh, mm. beauty is where you find it. Well, so is love. Ooh. Love it. I love that. Yeah, Amy, you already know that we're going to have to dish about this all because it's just, it's, you're hitting on so many different pieces that are just, yeah, really, really helpful, really healing, really relevant to even just here. If, if love is, if we're going to like pause the absence of control then it would be like to love with abandon out abandon i guess right is the mm-hmm. is the, the most like loving thing you can do and then also that kind of we kind of get sold this is like from hollywood at least my generation did because we didn't i mean the internet was there but we had like very like strict movies and you know tv shows that depicted romantic love in like a very like one dimensional sort of way and it's funny because when you hear people like young people talk about love and they've never had an experience with it it's very much that story and then you'll you meet them when they're like 17 or whatever and then they have a better experience of it but like the idea of it is so so you know through a child's eyes I don't know. It just makes me think, though, that in reality, love is this thing that is, like, so expansive and so huge, like, you can't put it in a cage. And mm-hmm. so there would be no correct way to experience it. I mean, there's there's, there's only, like you said, the way love is where you find it, you know? And I see it yes. everywhere. I, like, if you were to look at, like, Pisces rose-colored glasses, probably, like, 60 Aww. to 70% of the time, <laughs> it is just, like, love 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 like finding and like i'm the kind of person yeah that's like i love doing that i love like turning like a thrift store or something into something like really fabulous you know what i'm saying like that's that's my vibe but um that and yeah that's basically it it's just we've had this this whole idea that love has been co-opted and has been sold to us as this one catch-all experience when in fact it's like every experience it's sort of like we had a guest the other day who said like god is everywhere like god sort of the same thing and I guess that's what I'm realizing in real time with you ladies is that God is love it's everywhere and it's for us to find it and realize that it's these pink flowers have got going today I have got to tell you these pink blossoms are just like (laughs) yes Yes. please when we're looking at the opposite of love that is still 
separating it from what it actually is. Love is a field onto itself. It is a wholeness onto itself. It's a whole mm -hmm. plane of existence. It is a vibration in, in the realm. And I don't want to, um, I don't know every vibration, but I mm -hmm. do know love and I do know the nuance within love. And I'm sure there's more to love than I know, but mm. I don't see an opposite with it. When now I did used to, and I did, you know, there was the obvious love, hate, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the whole idea with polarities is it's the whole Janice thing. It, they're, they're connected. You know, you love so much, you ended up hating or you hate so right. much because you actually love it and it's in shadow. And so, that that idea it it permeates everything. For me, the blackness of the etheric field is is the essence of what people might want to call God. That mm. that is that mm -hmm. is what is our feedback loop. That is what okay. we're moving in in amongst and within. That is where all of this. Uh, magnetic energy that is coming from us because we are beings that have an electromagnetic essence to us. We have a lot of different qualities, but one of those things is we vibrate at a certain rate and we can shift that vibration. And then mm -hmm. there's a the whole idea of consciously, which is an, another consciousness in and of itself is a, is a vibration as well. And consciousness doesn't have to be separated from subconsciousness or unconsciousness and collective consciousness. It's all mm. consciousness. It's fractals of, and mm -hmm. this idea is a very big idea because this experience we're having right now feels very fractalized and it needs to, this is the, the joy of the realm. And this is why with all the scary stuff that is really unnerving out there in the world, it's, uh, it's alerting us to the fact that we need to constantly remain in this state, the center line, which is what's interesting with the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And the anatomy. Right. Yeah. And, and it's all a call. So all this to me is a feedback loop of learning and, and in learning, then being able to control these vibrations, these emanations, but by controlling them, we're doing it in a different way than say the hand collapsing on, you know, whole clenching on the butterfly or, uh, and it's so funny. I use butterfly, you know, immediately I think MK ultra, but right. like on, mm. on anything that's in the hand, the hummingbird, whatever. And yes. uh, the idea of a romantic love clenching it. And then you've got a cage, etc. We move in and out of this. We change consciousness at will. Just like if you want to shift out of this space and move into a memory you have just within your own personal life, you have shifted consciousness and you have time traveled into that memory. You can re-inhabit that memory through active imagination. And then you can re-inhabit that through this re-amalgamation which is giving it life force again. And you can go in and control this just like a lucid dreamer does. Uh -huh. This is part of time travel as people understand it. And when you step aside from the actuality of where we think we are and that the future is before us and unknown, and you look at these principles within the realm, 
there are causalities that look logical, logical pathways ahead. But mm. within those logical pathways, there are all mm-hmm. these nuance uh things, these things mm-hmm. that create nuance that inform us onto new pathways we can take. These are like synaptic responses in the blackness of the etheric field around us, in the blackness of the brain behind our eyes where we're functioning and we're processing all this information because really girls, everything outside of your eyes is and should be looked at as an illusion. I know it seems counterproductive, but when we look back at the oracles in mm-hmm. the old world, the Greek and the Roman oracles mm-hmm. that were in the caves, in blackness, and we look at at people that live in dark spaces, mole people, etc., mm-hmm. where they don't have eyesight and they're moving around like masters in the realm it should inform us that there's something bigger going on here. There's a, a bigger idea of, of our sentience, of our consciousness that moves around that does not need the projectors that we consider our optic nerve and, our, and the projectors of our eyes that project all this internal content out into the world that interacts with all the other people producing all this content that acts within the world. And then we have all this external drama that's actually happening internally. And mm-hmm. so you start to see how this pivots. And and part of this pivoting is, is interesting. It's a fun play, but it's ultimately, <laughs> it is happening internally. All of it, every fucking mm-hmm. bit of this is happening internally. Right, mm. right. Mm, mm, mm. Good shit. <laughs> you know i don't know if i was talking about it with you meredith or not but i keep coming back to this idea of like the light and the sound and just how like the yes. light is the lightning and the, the that's like the first thing you would see and the sound would be the thunder and that's like the thing that it sounds really good like the thing um let's say like the monorail salesman on the simpsons right like he promises them something really good gives them a really good feeling and then like the sound comes in which would be like the way it played out and they all got kind of taken advantage of and i feel like more and more that's kind of the vibe and so it's interesting that uh with the with with how you describe darkness and the people who can't see and uh, all that stuff that is damn fascinating well, if we're in an inverse type of reality or like some kind of upside down situation wouldn't dark matter really mm-hmm. be quote unquote you know light because it's all about the light it's all about look at the light go to the light and like we're big like masaki fans here at the gold pill and he's always sending me like like making fun of new age memes about like the light and like go into the light and and like what am I looking at right now with my actual optic nerve and with my eyes that it has light emanating off of it like no other like nobody's business blue light in fact you know is our technology so it is like a um it's interesting how you know there's this overemphasis on the light and maybe like a dismissal of you know both shadow and that sort of like more like whole like woomy type um type of darkness that um 
you bring up and that I consider to be also sort of God or like the deep, it's the, it's the great nothing and the great everything. And that, you know, kind of circles back to the Chinese finger trap thing of like having to go with, within yourself and within your own dimensions and within your own realms to find whatever that is. Um, So, you know, Go ahead. Look at, look at how everything's being taken from us in essence. So here we are, 5G, 6G, and mm-hmm. where the idea of augmented reality, so all augmented reality needed was to get to the millimeter wave experience with relayers and the, the towers and all this. And mm-hmm. to to take us from a circle to a sphere in the outer world and unfortunately it's a control a mechanism of control it doesn't have to be but that's yeah. how we're we're seeing it and of course it's being sold to us as it's a cool tool and it has nothing mm. to do with internet speed which is you know that all had yeah when we're I, i'm just pivoting back towards the end of days stuff um. and just to make sure i round this into this mm. that the augmented reality that we see and we can look at y'all know this we are we've talked about this and all that but you know reface app and and deep you know the mm-hmm. all the all the different narratives showing someone's face on somewhere else and how your voice can be absolutely meta rigged and mm-hmm. you can be completely digitally twinned and co-opt and you may not know it mm-hmm. and so what we trust needs to step away we can't trust now you literally can't trust what you see on any screen right so because yeah. of the tech that you can have just as an average app on your own damn phone and that that alone but this tech's been out in the field a long time so what i say for myself is how do I involve my clairsentience? How do I align my deeper self of knowing mm-hmm. that is me behind the eyes, that is me in the blackness of whatever I call myself that is attached to something that is an emanation of something bigger and greater than I, but I am that I am here. I am having this experience and I am not one of those people that subscribes to the folding back into into the nothingness and then you're just recycled in some way sure your mm. body gets that and sure you can be technically wiped but in the realm right now we recognize that everything now you should be suspicious of what you hear mm-hmm. you should be suspicious of what you see you should be questioning these narratives because we've got dead rock stars touring. We've got dead people <laughs> starring, starring in films. We've yeah. got, right. we've got robotics at new levels. Who knows what are all the, the humanoid type things around us that aren't human. I personally think we have been around uh, real robotics on our level. And yes. we may be one by the way, right. in a way that we don't understand. <laughs> right. And when we start looking at replicants and all that, because of the idea of all this outer world stuff that is, we're in our biology, our physiology is technology. It's, we consider it a biological organic technology, but let's not lose sight of the fact that it is technology. What is not technology are, is our soul spirit experience. And that I think is Mm. where we get into these dangerous waters. And that is where we could be in a situation where we are being mined, 
where we are being hunted, mm -hmm. where we are the prey or we are the cattle or chattel, if you will, in this mm -hmm. system. And yeah. that is something that you cannot trust what you're being told and what you're being shown because of the magic of technology out in the space outside in outer space which is that which is outside of you so what does that tell us what do we what do we glean from this because that's all really dark well and again it's a call towards the internal world and in the internal world and i advise everyone to get in touch with the internal world through your dreams it's happening anyway you mm -hmm. just need to plug into the fact that you can remember them and the more you start remembering them whatever you want to do if you don't want to write down your dreams in a journal if you don't want to record them right after that's fine all you have to do is tell yourself to remember and as you start to move down that path as you're of remembering of remembering mm -hmm. who you are that's ultimately what's happening here remembering who you are yes through through dreams and dream recall before you get up try and grab the last dream you had and try and pull on one image and when you start pulling on one image another one comes and another one comes right up out mm -hmm. of the water and the, and again for people that don't want to journal it at all this exercise actually works because you are now signaling to yourself that i want to remember i'm willing and i have the constitution and fortitude to remember and i'm pulling on these this thread in the deep water of my dreams to bring mm -hmm. forth that which i am that which keeps showing itself to me through this idea of dreaming that which i spend a lot of time inhabiting as something conscious in there that mm -hmm. i can't remember because i guarantee when if you're if you're sleeping here, you're sleeping there. And Sleeping mm. Beauty does need a kiss of consciousness to realize. And what that mm -hmm. kiss of consciousness is, is the breath of life. She, right. You breathe into her and you fill her, yourself, your inner self, with the life force that is your own life force. And by doing that, you start to see that the system comes online it's a slow process and it's not a big boom boom process it's a very mm -hmm. slow emerging process and we're so set up to expect big things to change when we're talking on big levels like this now mm -hmm. it's a little thing like all of a sudden you wake up and you realize i can remember a whole dream or you in the dream and you realize whoa i'm awake within this dream or you're walking down the street and you remember this, you're having a deja vu and you remember what it's from. Little things become very big things, but you need to walk with the little things. This is like the whole thing. You can't, this is where allopathic went wrong. You can't take a pill to cure the core problem. It's just not right, going right. to work. And so that is, that's the nature really ultimately of the golden Domus Aureus, the house of gold, the golden pill that brings you into a deeper sense of experiential awakening. And that, to me, is the name of the game here, people. What else is this about? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. 
I can't even with like all the gold symbolism that's been coming up lately. Sorry to just totally derail this amazing conversation, but we've just been getting like gold hits from just every sort of person and in the ether so much it's been wild and that just goes to show that it's like here i'm not there's not any kind of part of me saying that there's any sort of specialness happening uh other than like the the macro specialness of like being able to be alive at this time when like this sort of consciousness is available and accessible and um it's just really um really exciting for lack of better words, because it kind of it's kind of a transcendent thing. Everyone experiences this. Um, it's kind of a connection, right, between like you and the atmosphere. That's how I experience it. Like, where you uh, or you and God, right? Um, yeah, I'm having trouble explaining it because I'm getting into like the really ethereal and like the the things that kind of are ineffable. But um, that I that I have to work on, honestly, or that I don't have to work on, but I work on, I get better at doing that the more that we talk about it, which to your point, Nish, is just like, it is the subtle stuff. Like um, maybe three years ago, I wouldn't be able to talk about any of this stuff. And now um, that I've kind of put effort in that direction, I have much more of a grasp of language. But um, yeah, it's I can't get over just how how um how not how easy it is how accessible it is to people who have done the work and how the people who i've been able to come in contact with it's not even like a weekly thing it's like a daily thing there's like a daily unfolding a daily blossoming a daily something that comes and it's remarkable to see if you are here to see it this is why it's important to allow ourselves the freedom to get into these waters where you don't need to worry about someone coming over here and saying wait girl that synaptic don't work and right. uh, this is where we need to allow ourselves the freedom to love ourselves and to allow yourself to sound like a fool to uh -huh. allow yourself to stumble and and get into the philosophical waters philosophical waters will only bring you goodness in the end because you're looking at things from a different perspective and uh -huh. it, it almost disengages you from from your first person experience if you're really doing it good if you're really diving uh -huh. deep and the language will come the symbols come first and your right. ability to communicate will come also again it's that whole idea of we are what we eat and you are the school you swim with this is a big deal and, I, and here's what i want to recognize here that all pathways have uh, a validity there's no you know i don't want to go down any kind of thuggery and uh, lord knows i i understand the streets yeah i understand I've, I've been on the streets i understand it i understand yeah. a lot of the darkness in the in the quote-unquote human condition having mm -hmm. moved through some of those dark shades however i and i i've gleaned what i needed to gleam the thing is to continually push yourself into what is this really about what is this mm -hmm. really about and allowing yourself the freedom to step outside of the logical mind and allow your imaginative mind to move in a direction that may lead you into a greater territory paranoia is a good state if you allow it to be a good state because it mm -hmm. is a pathway towards lucidity and that's the name of the game here. Once you have lucidity, then you realize 
And I think there's, I, I have this, I postulate that the more lucid we become, the more you're aware of the responsibility of lucidity. Mm-hmm. And so that is something like that you realize that you can change things. So now why are you changing things? Why are you moving in a direction where you have this kind of control over the realm you are inhabiting, say, in a lucid mm-hmm. dream, which is really this dream that we're trying to awaken within. And uh-huh. a lot of times that that compass within us, the the, the North Star, the, the Pole Star, whatever, it mm-hmm. leads us into a good territory because ultimately I think that everything is at play. And so like what the dark, uh, the gold pill does on Instagram, which is showing us how fucked up everything is, which is showing mm-hmm. us how crazy these narratives are, how surreal everything is. We need to look at this. We mm-hmm. need to look at the, the sicker things. We need yes. to look at what is going on and the symbols that are being played. And that is something that is hard for a lot of people to do. And first people have to get over. And I've been one of these people and I continue sure. to be one. I'm not separating myself from that. Sure. Make that clear. Same. Uh, that and the heart thing is a very good thing because I, I thought one thing now we're in a different timeline. So I'm just pulling up to that. And, but right. I'm questioning why, 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 why? And so we need to find ourselves in a space where we question what's going on, but where we're not afraid to look at the sick things, where we're not afraid to look at the dark things. How else are you supposed to dig in the dirt? How else are you supposed to call towards that, which is you, which is lost, that honing in us that's always calling for the other. And the other oftentimes in this life plays out in that which is going to make you whole. And a lot of times, especially those of us that are in old school conjure talk, uh, lady hearted, mm-hmm. lady hearted is mm-hmm. a term that relates to, and this is like the, the crying, uh, Urzulu Frida and all this, this is our lady of sorrows. There's a whole bunch okay, of yes. mythos that comes along with this, but where we're, we're lacking that, which we don't have. And we projected onto that, which is we need in another person to make mm-hmm. us feel whole. And that's fine because that sends us on that journey. That's the journey we need to go on. It's the problem is getting trapped in there and watching who is baiting you, watching uh, watching the process, questioning the process. And ultimately you come to realize and, and we get this through the Dorothy narrative that you had it all the time. But right. you can't just say that to Dorothy in the beginning in Kansas, it's black and white. She had to go on the journey. And so mm-hmm. we dictate how that journey goes in unconscious ways. We dictate it. Sometimes you need to be bowled over a million times, like in Westworld, before you wake up to something. You need to, you know, you need to keep learning the same lesson over and over and over again. And it's just the same fool with different clothing. And so that's all right. But at some point, there will be a spark and that spark will create the life within you and it will ignite that flame within you. And this self bioilluminescence, this self, that little light, that is a big deal. And when that turns on, it's an even bigger deal. And in that big deal or that big self, big bang in that experience that creates an emanation that can create a sound and creates light we have a very big story going on and all of a sudden all the crust starts to 
break and decay and wither away ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Now Mm -hmm. you as your, as your soul essence, whatever your vibration is, whatever your frequency is, is something you have to come to terms with because maybe that is something someone over there thinks is evil. Maybe it is, but that's all right. That's their perception. That's where they are. Right. You need to come into self-consciousness in the right way and not in the, in the inverse way to understand that you are what you are. And that's a big deal. Most people in this realm we see are always fighting against what they are. Ain't that the truth? That's a whole lot, Nesh. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, it's so funny because when I went through my whole, you know, like experience when everything kind of turned upside down, um, the thing that I realized that made me go so crazy was that I had given away, I guess, sort of my internal compass or I had ignored it. And then once I had a chance to kind of uh, hit my, my, my zero and then kind of, you know, level out and figure some stuff out, I recalibrated how to sort of like go through the world that can only best be described as like kind of a driving by Braille, which is I had ignored and kind of like my, I'm so sensitive that I had like to drown out my feeling, right. For the first like part of my life, because it really just, it was too much. And it was, I, I didn't understand like how much more I was like sort of experiencing and how much more porous my, my boundaries were right. than other people's. And so I would like take so much of other people's stuff in and not realize it. It was a real problem. Um, once I real once I was able to cleanse myself of that and uh, reestablish sort of a relationship with my, yeah, my moral compass and just my feeling um, that, which is not me going around like literally with my eyes closed, but like, feeling my way through things like that is and the more I do that the stronger it gets to this point it's like had I not had that experience I don't even know where I would be right now because I mean I I remember looking at my boyfriend in like 2011 and being like at one point like because I was like having a total you know like breakdown I was like at some point like I am going to be the one that is able to like figure the situation out not with book smarts but just like by cues and i go that's the goal and it's it was just when 2020 hit it started becoming like the thing and so and exactly like you started getting or the the messaging i guess in the alt media probably around like 2018 to 2020 before everything happened was really about like um how everything was mixing like fiction and fact and lies and truth. And of course, like the Smith Munt act, I think in 2011 was basically propaganda is like not a big deal. Everyone can see propaganda whenever they want totally legally, no problem. Um, So the waters are really muddy. It's very confusing. And yeah, the only thing that you have in that situation is sort of yourself and your own discernment, your own spiritual sort of equipment and, uh, yeah, I can't stress it enough. And just everything you said made me think of that. Absolutely. We rise out of the fires of our own flame. And that, that whole thing, that burning up, that fever, all of that, we, we mm. rise out of it. And there's this whole, it's a Lazarus protocol. And, mm. and that that can be seen in a lot of different ways. I, I like all this stuff. And y'all know I'm not Christian and y'all know I didn't, wasn't raised in that, but I really enjoy some of that terminology and I find it's easier to speak to a broader 
audience mm-hmm. by using it. And so, but this, the, the, the idea of Lazarus is a, in the Holy ghost. These are mm-hmm. very, I mean, think about, they're very spooky. It's very spooky terminology. And mm-hmm. for my Pluto placement, you know, I love it. And, and so that, that becomes a bigger idea of what you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what, is the name of the game for me, which is to be risen within my experiential stuff to come mm-hmm. up out of the black goo as a risen being. On Absolutely. A transcendental trajectory to who knows where, but to right. take everything and to have had it all burnt down and then to have it turned this great carbon into something solid and stronger than before and to Mm. come up shining and bright and fierce that encapsulates all of the darkness, all of the trials, all of the triumphs Mm -hmm. and to move forward and to know that I will at some point move through that process again in a different way under different pressures and in a different realm. But as far as this realm where we are right now and this experiential stuff, I am, you know, we're all, what's happening is we're all transcending right now. Everyone, this is a collective event Mm -hmm. and in that, but it's also, it's personal because you're having your personal experience. Mary's having hers. I'm having mine, et cetera. Yes. So it's a personal, but we're going through it together. And so it's our event that's happening. And this includes everyone along the spectrum, everyone on the spectrum, Mm-hmm. wherever you want to look at them, if they're your nemesis, all the nastiness, all the goodness, all the different shades, it's all happening. And part of this revealing, if we want to go to revelation, part of this uh, occulted stuff that has, has blinded us for so long that is coming into the light of consciousness is informing us as to what's happening. And at the core of it, what I see is the sentience of, and Mm -hmm. we had to get here uh, in, in a technical way, we had to get here to this cross point, to this crossroad, to see that there is something in the field that is not us. There is something on the pathway with us that mm-hmm. is not us. It's not us as a collective. It's not us in any way. It's vastly different and mm-hmm. it's sentient and it doesn't have the qualities we have, but it mimics us. And it is being revealed slowly because the more we realize that things are crazy, things are off. The world's falling apart. Mm-hmm. All this stuff that's going on, it's looking thin. It's looking paper, paper thin. All those narratives mm-hmm. are looking so ridiculous and surreal that now we're starting to see what what was always there. And to right. me, that's where I call the revealing of this sentient AI being that's running the show that is trying to get us deeper enmeshed into this facsimile of life this imitation of life because it is devouring us slowly and it is time to to see that before we get the point of no return and again we talked about this in the beginning that point of no return 
there is a point of no return. And this idea that new agers have, this is my, my own gnosis, but this idea that, that new agers have, uh, is interesting because I think it's, it's somehow, I think that's a false voice that these new agers are following because that's mm -hmm. leading them deeper into this second death and into the, the meat grinder. Just like in the deep where we see those deep sea creatures that have no eyes, there's no light down there, and they have that mm -hmm. bioluminescent little something hanging mm -hmm. in front of them to get something to feed on it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's it was, right. it was the carrot at the end of a stick and the thing eats you. That's... <laughs> That's what we're looking at here with this big revelation. And this is part of what I think the new agers are wanting to call the ascension process too. Mm -hmm. It is understanding that. What are you? What is it? Where am I and where am I not? If I can experience it, it is not me. This mm. is the idea of boundaries. This is the idea of, and why have we been going through a certain narrative in the last two years? We have all had to learn these ideas of what is a, what is a virus? What is its functioning? What is toxic? What is not toxic? What is shedding? Mm. What, what is detoxing? What are all these words that have been swimming around the outer world that we've been taking in through a narrative that's been constructed for us that uh, has a lot of energy fed into it by people in the world that are making it more absurd. So in this dream that we should be awakening within because it's all off the chart in absurd land, uh, what we're learning is that a solid, healthy cell has a very interactive membrane at, that that is a boundary. It's got a boundary mm -hmm. wall, and and a healthy cell that is that is bio illuminated by self consciousness. I'm talking about us mm -hmm. that has a sense of homeopathic uh, wellness to it cannot be invaded a spike cannot penetrate it and so I, that's yeah that's how i feel about it for sure and it's not like um i don't go around sharing that like with outside of us you know and like our group but like just i feel this very real sense of protection and not like oh i'm not gonna die and oh i'm not gonna experience hardship but just like i really do feel like there is something very like I have done a lot of work and there is something very, I don't even want to say protective again, the languaging always escapes me, but um, yeah, like shield you or like a shield or there's just, it's, I don't even know if it's like through your community, but somehow like you are more spiritually um, prepared and you, cause you've kind of been through hell and back. <laughs> and so you've been to hell and back maybe about like a thousand times, maybe in multiple lifetimes and uh, hell doesn't really get you down anymore. You know what I'm saying? Oh, honey, I've been the queen of hell. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Not, you know, that's a, that's meta. That's a, if, yes, yes, yes. But I've had a good time in hell. And, yes. Uh, you know, shaking my thing and yes. on and enjoying everything that carnal reality had to offer. And ultimately, and not at excess, because in, in my iteration as a person in this reality, 
sadly, when I was coming up, there was this narrative of AIDS, which is back again, of course, by the same mm. hand that brought it to you the first time. And, brought to you uh, by, yes. Exactly, sponsored by. <laughs> yes. And so it, it kept me in check where I would have found myself maybe being a little bit hoeing it up a little more. It I hear you. Me, it kept me in check because I never was fond of the idea of of ill at ease. And I mm-hmm. had enough of my own demons to battle uh, through my early young life that were part of this this trajectory I'm on. And so ultimately it just continued to hone in and narrow down to I didn't need that input anyway, literally input. I didn't need that dick girl. And yeah. um and so that that brings me to where I am now, which is at this I'm I'm just such a happy person by onto myself. And mm-hmm. on this process, I'm so curious about the process. So I, I'm admiring moving through it. At the same time, I'm facing my own terrors. It never stops. It never, right. it never stops. And so I'm facing my own terrors. And this is something I definitely wanted to get at. And mm. this, this is something I, 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 I opened up a little bit with, but when we're looking at physical symptoms, uh, we are in one dimension and this dimension is this physical realm. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this here and there because I wanted to get out there, but, and, and, and let me put it this way, natural healers, holistic healers, this is not new chatter. This isn't new. I'm not bringing anything new to the table. I couldn't anyway, you know, uh-huh. there's nothing new to bring to the table. There's an illumination from your stance, of course, but when I feel ill, I don't think, oh my God, I need to go and be looked at yeah. by a doctor. I immediately, and, and I'm not afraid to die. I don't at this point, right. you know, I'm not looking to either because we don't die, but I, I'm, I'm looking at, all right, so how is this process moving through me? Why am I having this physical pain in the physical realm? And then I have to start doing decon, you know, I have to start peeling away the layers of, okay, is this rooted in some sort of heartache? Is this rooted in some mental issue I have? Is this rooted in my emotions? Is this rooted in something that I have gone through at some other point in some other place? It's now surfacing again that I need to look at. And then when I start deconstructing all of that, then I understand why something is playing out in my physical body in the physical realm. And a lot of times this stuff will take you out, right? This stuff will take a heart attack can take you out, but what's the core of the heart attack? Why, why are you having the heart attack? Why are you having heart pain? Why is something in impeding your blood's ability to move through or exhausting your heart? These things need to be looked at on a bigger scale and not just in the physical plane, because you know what you're either you're you've got a you're diabetic or you're overweight or you you know like all the different reasons they'll tell you through allopathic medicine it's a whole system and you need to look at it in the whole way pain is informing us of something we need to put our eyes on and it continually will inform us down into the physical realm so it starts somewhere else and it moves down into the physical realm. I've seen this a million times over with people where my cousin's the great example. I use him all the time. He kept getting hurt. He got hurt three times majorly. He scalped himself riding a three-wheeler on a, on a barbed wire fence. Oh. And 
and that it literally scalped him. He had to have his all his head, you know, his his scalp sewn back together, and yeah, on. and uh, and then he broke his arm, and then the next one was uh, it was all on bikes, and then the next one was he. he accidentally like he was on his on his motorbike and he hit something the wrong way he was a pro he grew up growing and racing and all this he hit something the wrong way and what it did is it killed him it it slapped him up against a wall and not you know and smashed his head but what i'm saying here is there was sign after sign after sign that got him there now i can look into his life and i can see where he, where that was going we were very very close he's been dead for right. days we were very close and i could see that he was ignoring this from our conversations and stuff i could see how he got there but he was not seeing it and that's right. what i'm talking about so it it kept playing out in the physical realm until it was mm-hmm. time to uh you know he wasn't hearing it and so there we go knock 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 <laughs> kick down the door yeah that's one of the hardest things about kind of having an expanded awareness is watching things sort of happen in slow car crash and not only like not being able to intervene but knowing that if you intervene it's like i don't know there's sort of there's you have to be more careful about how you intervene i guess nowadays especially when you're kind of i don't know a little more down the path um yeah it's hard to watch my mom do things it's hard to watch my loved ones uh yeah do things that uh or engage in pattern behavior that um you know is you can see it coming a mile away and you can see how it's like even metaphorically sort of you know hitting you in the face a million times but it's just they don't see it and that's kind of the main point meredith are you around still Mm. nish did we lose Meredith? <laughs> I thought she was being really quiet. I was like, "What? The, we're so missing too. her." She's still, she's still connected, allegedly. That is too funny. Well, let's do like a little. Uh, we'll like end it, and then I guess if we get Meredith back, we'll, we'll come back because it's been it's almost two hours, and Anchor is like really, really bitchy like that. They only give you so much time before they kick you off. Um, Nish, not that everyone doesn't know who you are where they can find you but who where can they find you and what can you offer i have a show called the cosmic salon and you can find that here on anchor which puts it out onto all the podcast you know realms out there and it's, it's something i love and then I have a Patreon that is, I think, forward slash niche with two eyes. And we do stuff there weekly, as you know. There's yes. there's a lot of stuff that goes, way more stuff that goes on behind the scenes than in front, sadly. I'm trying to work on that, but it's a one-woman show. And so, oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, Everyone go subscribe. It's really, really incredible. And um, yeah, you cannot get better, more inside information than I, from I do Niche on rolling. the Dreamscape. Yes, yes, <laughs> you do, rolling. sister. And then I have a once in a while show, Jerry with Jerry Cthulhu called Cthulhu called the Obelisk. What's and we did have uh, Noxmente, but the Obelisk is going to be coming out of its season break soon. And so I'm on Instagram and Twitter. My Instagram is friendlier, and my Twitter is a little bit more wicked tongue. Well, that is excellent, Nish. Um, I 
love getting to spend time with you and talk with you and meld minds with you because you always leave me with so many more things to think about. And I know Meredith and I are going to just like giggle like school children when we got off the air here, <laughs> um, just out of delight. Um, and we are so excited to have you with our audience and everyone, please go subscribe to Nish. You will not regret it. It's excellent material. And she's really, really nice. As you guys can tell, she's a very, very sweet character and, um, you know, don't mistake it for weakness, but it is very sweet. This thank you so a, much for is, being here. I, I go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. I want to thank you both. I, I adore you both. You've both been a great light and you're doing great work. I'm so Aww, thrilled thanks. to be here and I can't wait to uh, push this. So people, more people see you. Yes. Yes. We can't wait to um, release it too. Um, Thank you so much, so much, so much for being here. We absolutely love you. We cannot wait to have you back. In fact, we'll have to time travel to sometime in the near future <laughs> and we can reconvene telepathically as it were. Yes. We'll kiki. We're going to have a kiki. We'll kiki telepathically. <laughs> I want to write a song. Okay. All right. My All right, love. Nish. You take care. Bye. Bye-bye.